Welcome to the Erie First Podcast, the weekly message series featuring Pastor Nicole Schreiber. What does it mean to build the kingdom of God? Today, Pastor Nicole is going to share about the calling the Holy Spirit has on all followers of Jesus to bring the gospel to the whole world. And when we say all followers of Jesus, the Holy Spirit really means all followers of Jesus. And then we're going to take a few minutes to share a vision for the impact we believe God desires for us at Erie First to make a difference at our home, in our state, and all around the world. So let's get started today. Here's Pastor Nicole. I want to tell you about a story I read this week. A London Times reporter was interviewing people who were helping to build the great St. Paul Cathedral in London. Here's a picture of it. And the architect who built this um, St. Paul Cathedral was very famous. His name was Christopher Wren. And the London Times reporter was going along, uh, checking with various workmen uh, to kind of see the progress, maybe, you know, to get a story to tell. And he comes to the first man and he says, so tell me, what are you doing? And uh, that worker was quite annoyed at the reporter's question. And he said, I'm taking this rock and I'm putting it in this slot. Now I'm going to do it again. And then again, and again, and again, and again until lunch. <laughs> That's what I'm going to do. And the reporter kind of thought, okay, that's not that good of a story. So he goes to another guy that's doing the same thing. And he says, hey, can you tell me, what are you doing, sir? And the worker replied, well, I'm earning a day's living. I, I have lots of kids at home, and I need to feed them. And so I'm going to work as hard as I can so I can earn a day's living, and I can uh, go home and feed my family. And the reporter's like, all right, I'm striking out. <laughs> and so he comes to the third man doing the exact same job as the first two, and he says uh, the, identically the same task. And the reporter says, and what are you doing, sir? And the last worker said something altogether different than the first two. He answered, oh, Sir Christopher Wren asked me to help build this cathedral. And so that's what I'm doing. And I'm so excited because when it's all done, when I finish putting this rock in this slot and this rock in this slot, I'm so excited to do it every day because when I finish, we're going to have this beautiful cathedral that we're all going to be able to enjoy. And I got to help make it. I get to be part of this. And this story reminded me as I read it that perspective really is everything, isn't it? Perspective really is everything. And each of those workers had a different reason they were part of finishing St. Paul's Cathedral. Each of them had a different perspective. They had a different motivation. They had a different agenda. They had a different purpose. And so I want to start today uh, from a passage in Acts 1. Now, I told my staff this morning as we were praying for, for you and praying for this morning, I said, I always start and think I'm going to preach through the whole chapter of Acts. And then I get stuck on one verse and the Holy Spirit gives me so revelation on that one verse that that's all I can talk about today. So we're going to talk about one verse today, okay? <laughs> because Jesus was so clear to me and spoke so much out of this one verse. But we're going to start in Acts 1 and I want to give you some background again to what's happening before we get to that one verse that we're going to talk about. But prior to this passage, uh, what's happening in the scripture is Jesus had died on a cross, was buried in a tomb, and was raised from the dead in three days. And he then returns and appears to select people for 40 days, teaching them and giving them instructions. And so um, if Jesus dies on a cross, 
is three days in a tomb and rises again, and then he comes back for 40 days, do you think what he's about to say is important? I mean, he's got a mission. He's got things to say that are important to these people. And so we, we see in the scripture some of the things he says. He gives them proof that he certainly was dead, and now he certainly is alive. He speaks a lot about the kingdom of God. And so this brings us to Acts 1, verses 7 through 10. And this is what it reads. He said to them, It is not for you to know the times or dates the Father has set by his own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all of Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. And after he said this, he was taken up before their very eyes, and a cloud hid him from their sight. And they were looking intently up into the sky as he was going, when suddenly two men dressed in white stood beside them. Men of Galilee, they said, why do you stand here looking into the sky? This same Jesus who has been taken from you into heaven will come back in the same way you have seen him go into heaven. And so Jesus' parting words to his followers can be summarized like this. Hey, I started it, now you finish. You go finish. Finish what I started. Jesus promises he will give us everything we need to finish his work. He gives this mission very clearly. His last words, his parting words to his people on earth are, listen, I started this and I'm going to give you the power that you need to go and spread this message of hope and the good news of the gospel to all the ends of the earth. And then he ascends into heaven. Now, he knew that they would ask this question, okay, Lord, but when's the job done? Like, when will we know we're done? When is the mission complete? And he answers that in this, the, the angels come and they answer that and they say, you will know when the mission is complete because Jesus will return the same way that he left. And later in the New Testament, it tells us he will come back in the clouds, calling out for his followers to meet him in the air. Jesus will say, all right, good job, guys. Good game. You did the mission. You did what you're supposed to do. Now let's go. Let's all go together and let's go to the kingdom that, that God has been making for us, the Father has been making for us all this time. But until that day, he gives us very clear expectations. He gives us a very clear calling and a very clear commission that we are to finish that work that he started. Now, if you're like me, sometimes I forget that that is my primary mission. Sometimes I forget that that's my primary mission. Sometimes on the Christian journey, it feels like just sticking a rock in a slot and then another one and then another one. Church on Sunday, reading the Bible, doing what I'm supposed to do pick up another rock and put it in the slot, just like that first worker I talked about. Sometimes it feels like that second worker I talked about where you're simply trying to earn a reward or be good enough to get into heaven. You're trying to do more good things than bad things. But what we really need to understand is that following Jesus is about helping the Lord Jesus Christ to finish his work. Jesus is asking us to help build his kingdom and to bring his kingdom to earth, to bring the message of hope to a broken and hurting world. This is our mission. And it's not because it's a task list and it's not because it's what we have to do to get to heaven. It's because we get to. It's because the best architect of all time has begun to build the kingdom and said, hey, you are going to help me. And this is a privilege, it's a responsibility, but it is also a great privilege. And so the whole book of Acts uh, is talking about finishing the unfinished work of Christ, picking up where Jesus left off, picking up the chisel and hammer and finishing the sculpture, picking up the brush 
and finishing the canvas. This is what you and I are called to do. So, like I said, I want to drill down on one particular verse this morning in this passage, and it's Acts 1.8. And it says, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all of Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. And so there's a lot we can learn from this one verse. Here's the first thing. We can learn that the Holy Spirit wants the whole world to know Christ. The Holy Spirit wants the whole world to know Christ. In Acts 1-8, it says that, they're gonna get, uh, that the Holy Spirit's going to give us power that will enable us to take the message of hope to who? Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and everywhere else. That is basically, uh, it's actually what it, what it means, what it's supposed to mean is it's a metaphor. It's their actual places, but it also means here, there, and everywhere. Every single place. Every single possible place. There is no people group, no race, no culture, no age, no socioeconomic class, no political affiliation, no gender orientation, no family background that disqualifies a person from the message of the gospel. If the sun shines on that person, there is nothing that disqualifies them from the message of the gospel. I love when you clap, so keep doing it. The Holy Spirit's all-consuming passion is to exalt Christ in every corner of the earth, every slum, every mansion, every part of the earth, every city that we know its name, and every small community and countries that we don't even know exist. By exalting Christ, the glory of the Lord is revealed, and people come to know the Father. Jesus himself said in Matthew 28, 19, go, make disciples of all nations. I'll say all nations this morning. All nations. Not just some, not just the ones we know and understand, not just the ones we agree with, not just the ones we're at peace with, but all nations. And if the Holy Spirit wants even the ends of the earth to know Christ, then your job is to finish that work. You can't decide what part of the job you want to do. And that requires you to do work here in our city, in our broken nation, and also all around the world. The Holy Spirit wants the world to know Christ. And the scripture says, just like Pastor Quint shared earlier, that plan is you. That plan to accomplish that is you. So also in Acts 1-8, the second thing that we can see in this, just this one verse, is that the Holy Spirit uses disciples to reach the world. Jesus says, look, I'm sending you I am sending you. You and I are the indispensable link in the chain of redemption. And I really believe if the plan is for Christ's disciples to be the primary messengers of hope, then Christ will give us all we need for the mission. He's not going to leave us high and dry. He's going to give us everything we need for the mission. Now, I know, uh, maybe like some of you, when you think about sharing the good news of the gospel, maybe you feel underqualified, maybe you feel inadequate, uh, maybe you feel like you don't know what to say or you, you haven't read all the Bible yet or you couldn't answer a question if someone asked you. So you kind of talk yourself out of uh, being able to share the message. Uh, maybe you feel like you're too busy or you have too much going on in your day. How could you make time for that? Or, or maybe you don't feel motivated to serve on a missions trip at home or abroad because you can't contribute in a meaningful way. You're not, uh, you, you're not a doctor or a nurse or a Carl Zimmerman who can fix anything. <laughs> You're not that person, so what are you going to contribute to the kingdom of God? Well, when and if you feel that way, I want you to take this verse out of your pocket. 1 Peter 2, 9 through 10. This is verses written about you. It says, but you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, 
God's special possession, that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. Once you were not a people, but now you are the people of God. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. This passage changes your ordinary existence. You're not just a normal person who lives in a normal city that doesn't see sunlight eight months a year and works a normal job. Christ has died for you. And because you have chosen to follow him, you have a message inside of you that is spectacular. And the scripture describes it like this. It's gold in a jar of clay. I love that. On the outside, normal, average, every day, maybe even kind of boring. On the inside, chosen, royal, God's special possession. And together, we are the people of God. And so the plan is this, though. You have that gold inside of you. You don't have to earn it just by accepting Jesus Christ and knowing the hope of who he is. God has put that inside who you are. But the plan is this. You can't bury that. You can't silence that. You can't ignore it. You have to let it out for it to be beautiful, for it to be spectacular, for the whole world to know the hope of Jesus. You need to speak and keep speaking until the whole world knows. And that's what Acts 1-8 is telling us today. So the Holy Spirit wants the whole world to know Christ. There's no one that he doesn't want to know him. We are the Holy Spirit's plan. So the third thing we can learn from Acts 1-8 is the Holy Spirit gives us power to accomplish this assignment. Jesus says in this verse, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. Uh, in Luke 24, 49, it also talks about this idea that the Father will clothe you with power from on high. So what does that mean? Does that mean that every time you go to share the gospel with someone, you feel really powerful? Um, I don't know about you, but I mostly feel awkward. That's really the emotion I feel instead of powerful. Uh, does it mean every time you go on a mission trip, you're going to be filled with power? Um, I know lots of people who go on mission trips, and all they do is puke the entire time because the water makes them sick. <laughs> and so they're not necessarily feeling powerful. Does that mean you always have a bold confidence or aggressive strategy all the time? Does that mean you always know exactly what to say? No, that's not what this scripture means. Let's back up four verses earlier in Acts 1. Let me tell you what it means that the Holy Spirit is going to give you power. Is that Jesus says to his disciples, listen, stay here and wait. Stay here and wait for the gift of the Holy Spirit. Wait as long as it takes because if you try to finish the work of Christ on your own, you will run out of energy, you will run out of resources, you will run out of motivation, and you will run out of results, and you will not have the power that you need. And so Jesus himself says, wait, and I will come and fill you with the power, fill you with the Holy Spirit. When the Holy Spirit dwells in you, when you welcome him in, when you submit and surrender your life to his direction and leading, the fruit is power to share the gospel. The power of the Spirit is unleashed in your life when you receive him and obey him and go to witness. That doesn't mean you always feel powerful. It's not about how you feel. It's not about your weakness. It's about the power of the Holy Spirit being in you that works through you in your weakness to be the strength. God is the one who draws people. God is the one who, who gives them uh, the hunger for him. You just need to be a willing vessel. Now, I love Acts 1.5. It says, for John, this is referring to John the Baptist, 
baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Now, you might have heard that phrase before, baptism of the Holy Spirit. Let me tell you a little bit about that this morning. The baptism of the Holy Spirit is like the power switch when it comes to the Holy Spirit. It's the, pow- it's the empowerment function. It's what, what happens to us when the Holy Spirit gives us power. And it's the spiritual moment that happens after salvation where a follower of Jesus is immersed or filled with the Holy Spirit. I want you to imagine a cup uh, maybe that uh, full of water and you just continue to, to pour the water in the cup until it overflows. If you have a toddler, this probably happens to you all, when she, they're pouring apple juice like every day of sticky kitchen floor of my life, okay? But it's a cup and you pour water in it, but you don't just stop when it gets to the top. The, the Holy Spirit, it's like pouring even more and more water until it's overflowing and overflowing and overflowing. And the scripture says that this is what, can, this is the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And the pattern that we see is that the evidence of this moment, how do you know, how do you know when you are being baptized in the Holy Spirit? The evidence of this moment is speaking in tongues, speaking in a supernatural language. It's a miracle of language. Now, in the New Testament, this experience of the Holy Spirit coming upon you uh, was so critical in the early church that when they knew a Christian who had been saved, who had been had accepted Jesus, had followed him, uh, they said, have you been baptized in the Holy Spirit? And if that Christian said no, they sent a leadership team to pray for that person. And we see this in Acts 8. But what they're, what they're saying is, listen, we know you're going to need this because we know the assignment that you have, the task that you have is so big, you're going to run out of resources and you're going to run out of energy and you're going to run out of power and you're going to run out of strategy if you don't have the Holy Spirit inside of you. Now, I could tell you a lot of things about the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And if you want more information about that, um, I, I, or if you want to pray to receive that, uh, come by the prayer table today after service. There'll be some prayer team members there. Or just make a note to me on a prayer card and throw it in the bucket. I would love to call you this week and answer any questions that you have. But if you are a follower of Jesus, the baptism of the Holy Spirit is something you want to explore and know more about because it is the power switch. It's the thing that helps us in our weakness have the power to finish the work that Christ has asked us to do. Now, just imagine for a minute, imagine Michelangelo. He's a a famous artist. And imagine him uh, calling you up and saying, listen, um, I want you to finish the painting, my painting on the Sistine Chapel. (laughs) How many of you would be like, oh, no, you, you have called the wrong number. Not only is this impossible, it will be embarrassing. My, my stick figures, you can't even tell if they're dogs or people. <laughs> and then what if Michelangelo said, well, wait a minute, wait a minute. All right. I will hold both your hands while you do it. I'll help your wrist move the way it should. I'll guide the strokes of the brush. I will make sure you have the right color and the correct pressure. And I will literally hold your hands while you finish the painting on the Sistine Chapel. Well, that would be different. Because after you have finished, you could say, I was part of this. Look, look what me and Michelangelo did together. Look at what we did. Look at this beautiful thing that we created together. And and as I did it, I held the hands of the master while he did his work. I was part of what God did. This is essentially what Christ is saying here. He's saying, look, I want you to finish my work. 
I will give you all the tools you need. I'm going to put my Holy Spirit inside of you, and he'll do it through you. It'll be as if I am holding your hands as you finish the work that I have started. The Holy Spirit wants the whole world to know Christ. The Holy Spirit uses disciples to reach the world. That's you and that's me. And the Holy Spirit gives us power to accomplish this assignment. Can you just thank God this morning for those truths out of Acts 1-8? Let me close with this. Um, Have you ever gone somewhere and you forgot why you went there in the first place? My husband always says that about Target. I go in for two things. (laughs) Come back with one of everything. Uh, The other day, uh, I was at home, and I walked upstairs to my oldest daughter's room. I knocked on the door. I knew I came up there for a reason, but somewhere between the first floor and the second floor, I forgot what that was. And so like a good mother, I said, I just came to tell you I love you. And do you have any laundry? (laughs) But it's easy. It's so easy to forget our mission, isn't it? So easy to forget our primary purpose as Christ followers, it's easy to get distracted. It's easy to focus on peripheral issues in ministry. And to be really honest, the longer we are Christ followers, the easier it is to stray from the focus of proclaiming the gospel. When is the last time that you shared your faith with someone? The job of the church is to equip you, remind you, encourage you, provide opportunities for you to finish the work that Jesus started. But the church is only effective if you do your part. Without you, this is just a building. And so we can provide opportunities. We can work to remind you and encourage you. But the work is done by the church, which is you and me. And that's why every year as a staff and a council and a missions committee, we pray and we talk and we dream about missions opportunities to reach the city and the nation and the world. Some of these opportunities are to give so that others have the resources. Sometimes it's other people that you are helping be the boots on the ground. And sometimes we're the boots on the ground. So some of these opportunities are for you to go and to serve in our city and in our nation. Now let me share with you some good news this morning. And you're allowed to clap and hoop and holler for this. Last year in 2020, during a global pandemic, we set out to give $30,000 to 10 missions projects. And I want to let you know, we raised and gave all of those funds and exceeded that goal. Now, don't forget, on top of that 30000 raised and distributed in 2020, we also gave $60,000 in monthly mission support to missionaries all over the country and the world. Those funds are budgeted, a budgeted tithe off of our general tithe. And so just last year alone, using all the project money, all the budgeted tithe money, and a little, some extra that had come in, uh, church, you all raised and we distributed just over $100,000 to advance God's kingdom. But God's not done yet, is he? He still needs uh, to continue for us to to advance the gospel. And so I'm excited to tell you that this year in 2021, uh, we have prayed and decided to commit to six projects 
and raise $40,000 to spread the gospel of hope. In just a moment, you'll see uh, how that money is designated and to which projects it will fund. And this year, we will also continue to give and tithe to our missionaries on the field every month. And so this year, we're on track to give even more than $100,000 to missions. Now, I want to remind you, yes, thank God for that. If you are wondering how do I be part of this, you can give any week, any Sunday that you come or even throughout the week to this goal of 40,000 to Kingdom Builders projects just by checking the envelope that you give your tithe on. Check the the box Kingdom Builders or choose the drop-down menu online. Uh, And all of that money goes directly into a designated fund and is only used for Kingdom Builders projects. We don't use that for anything else. It is completely set aside for missions. We believe that's what God um, has asked us to do. And so my prayer is that we reach our goal of 40,000, that we exceed it, but also that 100% of our community of faith will give something toward these projects. Maybe it's $5. Maybe it's $500, maybe it's $5,000. I don't know what God will tell you to give and I don't know what resources you'll have. But my prayer is that everyone, every single one of us will give toward the gospel, will give toward the movement of the gospel forward. And we are so excited to see what God can do through our commitment to give and to go this coming year as we commit to finishing God's work. Will you watch this video to see the projects coming up? Kingdom Builders is what we call our missions initiatives here at Erie First, which puts action to the vision to love, build, and send. I'm excited to announce those 2021 Kingdom Builder projects to you now. Our goal is to raise $40,000 this year, with over half of that going to aid in our local community. Let me take you to two of those places where we will be investing in our local community. Right now, I'm actually standing in one of our local communities where we have a goal of raising $9,000. There are multiple ways that we're going to bless them and we would love for you to be involved. Obviously, the first one is to keep giving. Giving $9,000 is impossible without your help. The second way to help this community would be to get involved in the different outreach events that we'll be doing. In the summer, we'll hold a kids picnic where we'll be giving away free food and bounce houses and building relationships with people. The third way you can help is by praying. If you could get involved in just helping us prayer walk and intercede on behalf of the families, asking God what exactly it is he wants us to do in this area. The fourth way you can help is by giving of your talents. There are multiple projects uh, that need to be done, whether it's fixing windows, uh, porches, whatever it may be, we could use your help in getting that done. And that's really what we wanna do is just love this community, bless them with no strings attached, and show them how much God loves them. So another one of our 2021 Kingdom Builders projects is to help combat with local human trafficking. We're going to designate $5,000 this year to help towards that initiative. I'm standing here today actually in one of the locations in our area that trafficking is prevalent. A lot of times we don't think about local human trafficking as something that happens in Erie, in our own backyard. Erie is actually bordering one of the states that's really high in trafficking, which is Ohio. I'm standing here with Dan and Lori, who are part of our missions committee. And actually these two have gone with me overseas to Asia. We went to uh, Southeast Asia and I saw it firsthand. 
again. And as we were coming home from that trip to Asia the second time, God was telling me that there is more to this, that something is gonna happen here at home through your experiences in Southeast Asia. We often think that trafficking and all of these things are happening across seas, but those things are happening right here. Um, one thing about trafficking is that because it's ignored and because we think that it looks like the movies, we often miss it, but honestly, Trafficking could be happening to one of your neighbor's children. Um, it could be happening to a family member. I'm appreciative and I'm grateful that we can bring some kind of resolution to those, those situations and some kind of impact by carrying the kingdom to the lives of people who are being um, affected by trafficking in any kind of context. We're looking forward to working on these initiatives to make a difference in the kingdom this year. We're excited to invest in those two places. In addition to that, we'll be designating $5,000 to work with our local senior population. The events of this past year have been exceptionally difficult for our senior population. We'll work hand in hand with nursing homes in the area, as well as other organizations to provide daily care and whatever the seniors need. We will also be doing outdoor worship services, writing cards, giving gifts on holidays, and really anything that the organization will need help with. Our fourth project is to give $5,000 to missionaries that we work with locally that partner with an organization called the Crescent Project. The Crescent Project teaches us how to better engage with the Muslim community and create better relationships. We're looking forward to all the local projects that we have planned for this year. In addition, we have a great opportunity to give domestically as well and work with the Philadelphia Dream Center. The Philly Dream Center is led by a great couple who are Assemblies of God missionaries. We've worked with them in the past by bringing a team to do outreaches in the communities and streets of Philadelphia. This year, we'll be taking a team back there with $8,000 to focus on a medical outreach to their homeless communities, as well as other various activities. Our final project is giving $8,000 to an international organization that helps fight human trafficking. It's called Extreme Love, and we've partnered with them in the past, and we're excited to send another team to go back to Cambodia to aid them in all of their outreach efforts. We plan to send a team back later this year to do outreaches for kids in the slums, work with women in prostitution, pray with people on the streets, and so much more. We believe that these projects will be a tremendous impact to the kingdom and wouldn't be possible without your support. There are three ways you can get involved with Kingdom Builders here. The first is to give. Your generosity has been the bedrock to accomplishing everything that we've done through Kingdom Builders. The second thing that you can do is get involved. You can be a part of any of those teams that we mentioned, whether it's going to Asia or Philadelphia or even some of our local outreaches. The third way is through prayer. Our Kingdom Builders prayer team meets regularly to pray for our missionaries, our projects, and even our teams that go out on the field. We are so excited to see what God does this year. And at any time, if you'd like more information or to give, just head over to our website. Well, let's give a hand for our 2021 Kingdom Builders projects. You know, as, uh, as the outreach pastor, as someone that has actually seen uh, in person and worked hands-on with our previous projects, worked with a lot of you in this room, um, it's hard to put into words how thankful we are for your prayers, for your giving, and the impact that that has really made. Uh, we, you have literally helped pull families out of trafficking situations. 
Your prayers have helped us build relationships with people across the world that speak different languages that now know who Jesus is. Your support has helped us build relationships with people in the community that would never otherwise step foot in church and are now involved. And thank you, thank you for your giving us the opportunity to send people in this very room to go become missionaries. You just have no idea, and I hope, I hope that God gives you a vision and a glimpse of these lives. If you could see their faces, if you could understand the impact, I just want to say thank you, really, from the bottom of my heart for all of your support, for everything that you have done to be a part of Kingdom Builders, and we truly are looking forward to seeing what God continues to do. Uh, actually, in front of you, where you're sitting, there'll be a card. Uh, you can pull that out now if you'd like that says Kingdom Builders on it. And it gives you three ways to get involved. The first is to participate in a Kingdom Builders project. As you saw, all of our projects um, give you the opportunity to get involved hands-on. The second way is to become a part of our Kingdom Builders prayer team. And the third way is to support by giving to those teams as well. Uh, you can go ahead and drop this off in the bucket as you leave today. Uh, lastly, I just want to give a round of applause to our missions committee. Clap. <laughs> Our missions committee, uh, like Pastor Nicole said, has helped pray and vision for these projects, meets monthly uh, to talk about them. And so I appreciate our missions committee and what they do to help us further the vision that God has for us here at Erie First. We love you guys, and we'll see you next week. Thank you for listening to the Erie First podcast. If you like this podcast, please give us a rating and a review at Apple Podcasts and share it with your friends. You can find all our series, videos, and podcasts at eeriefirst.org, along with all our latest news, announcements, and information. Thanks again for joining us. We'll see you next time.